Good afternoon, and it's Father Toby with you again with our word for today. I'm going to begin with our gospel from today's Mass, which is from Matthew chapter 15. Jesus left Gennesaret and withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. Then out came a Canaanite woman from that district and started shouting, Sir, son of David, take pity on me. My daughter is tormented by a devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples went and pleaded with him, Give her what she wants, they said, because she is shouting after us. He said in reply, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But the woman had come up and was kneeling at his feet. Lord, she said, help me. He replied, it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the house dogs. She retorted, ah yes sir, but even house dogs can eat the scraps that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, woman, you have great faith. Let your wish be granted. And from that moment, her daughter was well again. Food for thought seems an apt phrase in the context of G.K. Chesterton. His waistline attested to his love of food and his literary output and its quality to his love of thinking. I mentioned yesterday that I've been reading a brilliant book on Chesterton and it's always instructive to me how when I'm reading something really good, it starts to dominate my thinking and thoughts about it start cropping up everywhere. It shows how important it is that we feed our minds well as well as our bodies. It's why, if I say so myself, you're making a good choice listening to Radio Maria and perhaps even this very programme. It's often said you are what you eat, and this is particularly true when it comes to the Eucharist. But it's good to take stock every now and then of what is feeding our thoughts and the thoughts of those we love. Radio Maria aims to be one good choice for feeding your souls, and I want to thank you personally to our donors to ha who help us to do this. Without your financial support, our vital mission is not possible. I turn to Chesterton today again in the face of what is probably a challenging gospel for most of us. I suspect the interplay between Jesus and the Canaanite woman leaves us a little uncomfortable. Searching for a little bit of inspiration for my preaching today, I first turned to the live stream of one of our Dominican priories, and as the gospel came to an end, I waited to see what my brother was going to say. And what did he say? Nothing at all. He simply kissed the lectionary and returned to his seat and sat in silence. No homily today. That's not a bad idea, but silence is a less powerful form of preaching on the radio. You might start banging your sets wondering what's gone wrong or perish the thought change stations. If you get a long silence in this word for today, it's because I mucked up the controls. Stay with me. But where there is no silence, there can be a tendency to explain away everything that we find challenging in the Gospels, to try and make it conform with what we think is the right and just manner for Jesus to behave. Lots of people will tell you that what is going on between Jesus and the Canaanite woman today is a bit of friendly banter. They'll tell you it shows that Jesus has a sense of humour. And I don't doubt that he does. Some of his imagery is very funny indeed. The man with a plank in his eye, 
a rich man seeking to fit through the eye of a needle. I'm just not sure this exchange is one of his humorous moments. It could be, but I don't think it is. I think, though, it does tell us something of the priority of the Jews in God's plan for his revelation to and his salvation of the world. But this can conflict with our notions of equality a little bit. Now, it's a good thing to be challenged by scriptural passages and to think on them, to try and get to the bottom of what the real message is here. But perhaps sometimes the real message is something we're uncomfortable with. That has to be borne in mind too, or perhaps it's just confusing. Sometimes it's possible to overthink the things of God and thus lose some of the mystery. Chesterton was a great defender of reason, but he also knew its limits. He was, as we spoke of yesterday, a great big thinking child, full of questions, full of wonder, and also accepting that reason is not the totality of human experience. He saw that mystery, feelings, the imagination all have a part to play too. A life of reason that makes us lose our sense of wonder is not very reasonable. It is both reason exalted beyond its proper limits and life itself reduced to something very flat and very small. In a provocative statement, GKC once said that the madman is the one who has lost everything but his reason. Riffing on this thought, I'd say, don't trust the scientist, don't trust the philosopher who doesn't also love poetry, doesn't also love fiction, who can't enjoy a walk in the woods without trying to explain the chemical reactions that are going on in your body. Chesterton wrote, Poetry is sane because it floats easily in an infinite sea. Reason seeks to cross the infinite sea and so make it finite. The poet only asks to get his head into the heavens. It is the logician who seeks to get the heavens into his head, and it is his head that splits. Perhaps one way of approaching today's gospel without limiting Jesus to what our reason tells us is the proper way for him to interact with this woman, and in doing so risking making an idol out of our reason and our idea of manners, is to recognize that Jesus did not have to heal this woman, but recognizing her great faith, he did. We might then think about the fact that he did not have to die for me, that he did not have to die for you, but he did. Perhaps the reasonable reaction to this astonishing truth is to say thank you and not explain why he had to. We spend a lot of time teaching children to say thank you, but often this is just a matter of manners. Perhaps if we looked a little more at our children, we'd see what living thanksgiving looks like, to not just say it, but to live it. Part of thanksgiving has to be delighting in goodness. Children often do that better than us. In this hot weather, I'd advise all to eat more ice cream. That seems to be a moment when both adults and children lose themselves in sheer delight. And I think Chesterton would approve of such advice too. Chesterton said that what saved him from his depression as a young man was wonder and his sense of the great gift of existing and the great gift of existing in such a wondrous universe. To that we can add that not only has God made us and all that is good, but he loves us and would die for us. 
The Eucharist is the lifeblood of Christian living. It's not only our heavenly food, it's our food for the journey, and it means thanksgiving. Because the Christian sees clearly and sees that she is and that she might not have been, that he is loved and that he might not have been, words of thanksgiving should never be far from our lips. And so today I want to play out to a song which could just as easily be a prayer and ends with a chorus of thanksgiving. <laughs> 